and welcome to another episode of the Making a Mark Wrestling Show on the Tell Me More podcast. I'm your host, Mac Moore, here again with Wade Christensen. How's it going, Wade? Feeling good, man. Today, we're talking about Battleground, last SmackDown Bryant pay-per-view before SummerSlam. All of those storylines are heating up. Uh, at least I think it's the last pay-per-view before SummerSlam. They I might believe. Th- they might throw one in just to mess with us. Uh, this one was not their best showing. Uh, I don't think we had much hope uh, going into it. No. I think it was worse than what I expected. I would Uh, say slim to none. Yeah. You know, despite the smarks that continue to say SmackDown Live, Postmania is better than Raw, simply not true. Hasn't been true either. It's especially hasn't been true for the pay-per-views. Yeah. And join me. Join (laughs) me on the Raw side. You can... uh, I, 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 there's no side for me. It's just which one is doing better. And I, I, I enjoyed the SmackDowns prior to WrestleMania more than I jo- enjoyed the Raws mm. other than the Kevin Owens segments. Yeah. Outside of that, Raws were three hours. Uh, it keeps going up and down based on how we watch it. Like, uh, you know, I'd watch for Hulu for a while and they yeah. have it cut down to just the hour and a half. Uh, then we'd watch, uh, and just fast forward on the DVR version and three hours when you're not, when you're watching all the little things happening. It was, it wasn't enough to keep you entertained. Yeah, and SmackDown just was making a better show from top to bottom. I thought uh, that has not been the case at all uh, post WrestleMania, and I really like this this pay per view. I had a, a little bit of hope for. I was hoping on the top end. Yeah. You know, I like I didn't have any hope for Jinder Mahal or Randy Orton, mm-hmm. but I thought between AJ Kevin Owens and Nakamura Corbin. I thought those two would have entertained me enough. Yeah. And somehow those two, I mean, AJ Kevin Owens was a good match. It just didn't, they didn't do anything special. And then the ending made it where anything that would have been just like, okay, well they had a pretty good match. It wasn't Mm -hmm. amazing. Uh, That ending was just so confusing. I wasn't sure if there was a botched finish. I don't, you knocked down the ref, but it didn't seem to have an impact on how it went down unless his shoulder was supposed to be up, but they just, Abandon that as a possibility. And they didn't show any other angles. Yeah. Like uh, camera angles. I don't know. So I don't know what happened, what caused that to end the way it did, but it took away from what would have been just a pretty good match. Yeah. And then the ending for Nakamura Corbin, it wasn't a great match to begin with. And then they just went with, you know, this non finish. There's only so many non finishes you can have, and every Jinder Mahal match is a non finish. Yeah. Or it's a non starter at the very least. It's terrible. <laughs> so. Yeah, that one I just from top to bottom, the best match on the card was the tag team match to to start the that evening. That was my out. match of the night. Uh so, you know, normally uh we haven't had great orders. We either build up from the bottom to get to the top or we start with the main match. I think here we'll just start with the the best match. We're going to start with that tag match. The tag matches are taking over apparently. Uh yeah. We could have said the uh, Iron Man tag match for uh, which whatever the name of the rock, Great Balls of Fire. Uh-huh. How could I forget that? Uh, <laughs> th- that may have been one of the better matches on that card as well. Yeah, that was my and, match of the night. And that's weird because the tag divisions have kind of been stale for a while. Yeah. Uh, th- this one, I think, one, getting it started even before the match uh, happened, that rap battle that happened a few weeks back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'll just start there. And then, mm-hmm. Wade, what did you think of, of that 
SmackDown segment. I thought it was fine. It was it was like 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 in a segment that shouldn't have been very good. Like I don't ever expect a rap battle between wrestlers to be that great. Um, but it was great. Usos had the lines of the night, like calling out uh, Xavier Woods for his porno or whatever that was he was making. It was a very awkward, yeah. uh, very awkward piece of video footage. Um, but yeah, and, and then just blurting that out there like they did, like it was great. Like it just reminded me back of like when wrestlers would write their own promos. Like of course they're gonna you know come up with more scathing stuff to say than you know a writer in the back that's you know afraid of of you know producers and other people and and, and you know people that don't want necessarily that kind of stuff on their television when when a wrestler you know they don't give a shit what you have on the television they go out there and the crowd pops we pop at home and you know that that makes good tv um it just reminded me of the old days of, of a good promo <laughs> except yeah. it was a freestyle rap uh so yeah i was on board which i shouldn't have been because i don't like the usos and i don't like the new day at all but uh They've been very entertaining. Definitely my match of the night. Um, the ending was great with the super kicks. Like I don't, it was good. Loved it. See, I th- I thought with the rap battle, yeah, it should have been terrible because that's it's a rap battle on yeah. wrestling television. But uh, Wale out there who had the most confidence I've seen from somebody to understand how television works. Yeah, like you could get somebody who understands rap battles, but understands wrestling and rap battles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that worked out well to make that segment go over smooth. Yeah, it was yeah good to have a, like a celebrity on there that yeah. knows something about wrestling. Like, is that too much to ask for? It is most of the time. <laughs> uh, a grumpy cat was a big fan though. So I mean, it's also it's not even just knowing. I mean, I I'm trying to think back to other celebrities they had on that I would think maybe knew something. Like maybe were wrestling fans, but it doesn't mean that they mm-hmm. can come out and talk about wrestling yeah. in a way that matters. Uh, yeah, they they bring out what was the one? It was uh, Josh Durhamel, Miss Fer, uh, Mr. Fer- Fergie that came out for a uh, Raw a while back. He's the guy for in Transformers, oh, and he okay. he was on. I think it was a Hardy's uh, Cesaro Sheamus tag match. He got in three words, like literally got in three words. <laughs> I don't think Booker T was having it. Like he was just not allowing him to. Sorry, get dog. <laughs> but. Yeah, th- those is just like why do it, and in this case, uh, while it worked out perfectly, uh, you said Usos had the lines in the night. Their one problem was they kept having to repeat the lines because they were like they had it so rehearsed yeah. that when it got broken up by the laughter, they were like, "Nope, I gotta start from the <laughs> beginning and do it again," <laughs> which was funny. And then true professionalism. And then. Xavier Woods, you know, he got put on blast, but he also had sort of the two lines of night. I forget the one that they keep using uh, when they re-show it. They edited it up, so there's one line from yeah. New Day and one from Usos. But when he did Roman's bags, yeah, uh, I, that was I, good. Yeah, I, I, I was I was pretty down for that line. Kofi Kingston's was so bad that it was good. Like I didn't. <laughs> he was talking about them being fat. I'm like, you're the guy with the fat guy on your team. Like yeah. you can't be making these <laughs> belly jokes. Uh, so yeah, that one was all around. It was a great segment. And then going into the match, I don't think anybody expected that to happen. I think nobody expected that to happen with Xavier Woods being in the match. Yeah. Usually from the in-ring work perspective, mm-hmm. uh, he's not the guy that they go with for the bigger matches. It's Big E and Kofi. Yeah. And Xavier Woods had two of the best spots when he jumped off and got super kicked. Yeah. Uh, as the other Uso rolled out, whichever left face, right face. I don't remember if it was Jimmy or got Jay. face painted anymore. It's hard they to don't. Tell. So uh, whichever one rolled out, uh, got that super kick. Great spot. It, that was a type of false finish where it's like, I got 
up for it. Yeah. You know, like normally it's like, okay, you're doing this finisher and you're going to, you know, degrade the finisher by letting somebody kick out of it mm-hmm. immediately. That In that case, he kicked out and I, I was excited for it. Then when he went back to do it again, that was the big one. It looked like uh, whichever Uso he, uh, you know, jumped off the, the rope after, clear across the ring yeah. looked like they were too far. Yeah. It looked like they messed up, but Xavier Woods made it, man. He made it and great spot, great ending. And now it's just tough because the rivalry, I mean, is it something that's just evergreen that that thing can just not stop because they're doing so well? Or traditionally you would think SummerSlam would be the end of it. That would be new day getting that second victory over mm-hmm. them. Uh, technically really uh, third. Cause it was the DQ for the Usos to keep it the first time. Yeah. Or do you let the Usos take the belts back and just keep this, this one going? They probably have to keep it going because I don't know who else they have in the tag team division for SmackDown. On SmackDown, not They sent Jason not. Jordan to Raw for that genius storyline <laughs> yeah. that we'll, we'll probably get to later. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I was thinking, like, you got Fashion Police who are still finishing up whoever they're facing. And if New Day keeps the belt, it could be whoever uh, keeps attacking them mm-hmm. down the line. Because uh, you'd have to assume it's some heel tag team that they're bringing in. I don't know who it is. I, and if they're going to hit us with it's the Ascension for the third time, I don't really know who's attacking the Fashion Police. The only thing I can think is Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Yeah, I was going to go with Rowan and Harper, which uh, uh, I would be happy to see them back as a tag team. I'd be happy to see them on television. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know what they're doing there. Gable could find a new partner. Could be Shelton Benjamin coming in to team up with Gable, take the place. They, <laughs> they were already stealing their gimmick. Shelton Benjamin might as well come in and show him how to do it right. Um <laughs> Yeah, so there, there's possibilities, but that that is a weird thing for SmackDown looking up and down the roster. It's like you bring in New Day, Usos, as that happens, they get their shtick together, and somehow you still don't have a second tier. Like, at yeah. that point, you should have somebody that could be the one to slide into, uh, you know, the tag team championship, yeah. like, picture. I don't think they have anybody. I agree. Um, I 100% agree with you. So, yeah, unless they put Luke Harper and Eric Rowan back together, that's still uh, a strange one. But you can argue, really great match. Uh, one of the best tag, especially for tag team matches in the WWE that have been stale for a while. Yeah. Uh, that one found a way to add in some really good high spots. And I think the Usos, I mean, I know you said you don't like them. I really like what the Usos are doing. Like, I obviously, I didn't mm-hmm. like them before. Yeah. But I think that... It wasn't even just a heel turn. It's a heel turn that I can easily see them pivot to a face without changing what they're doing right now. That's very true. Like they change yeah. the in-ring work in terms of how they mm-hmm. are being the heel and then they change it to face. But that personality, they could easily flip it. Uh, New Day, obviously, their personality started out being a heel and they did the same thing. Yeah, That's always good to have built up that sort of character that you're going to be the same face or heel turn. Uh, it gives you flexibility that I'm really excited for them, uh, excited for New Day because they needed they needed something. They were growing stale with yeah. where they were on Raw a year ago, and now both of their arrows are pointing up. And you know, you have anything else to to say about that? We'll move I on. Think to we the, said about everything that there is to say about that match. Uh, bravo to both those teams because like I couldn't think of one match between either team that stands out until this one, and it just happened to be against each other. So now, uh, I don't know if we're going to move further up the card or hit some of the, the lower end stuff. Just really quick, we'll knock out uh, Sami Zayn, Mike Kanellis. Uh, 
the first thing that I'll say is I, I thought the power of love gimmick was working in terms of setting it up, building it into a heel, but obviously you have to do something in the ring for that to work. Yeah. Like if you set yourself up as being easily hated, that does nothing for me if the matches suck. Uh, what did you think of the power of love gimmick and what did you think of that match? I just I'm just waiting until it dies. It just seems <laughs> it just seems like one of those doomed gimmicks that just like from the get go you're like oh this isn't going to work. Um, I I just don't see anything coming from it. Like they definitely haven't showed me anything. It's just oh I guess they're in love and they're gonna rub it in all of our faces and that makes them bad guys apparently. Yes. And okay, like I just I I don't I, like like I I just like. It's it's been like s- such a small impact that I don't even have an opinion on him. I can't even say if if if, if he sucks or not because they haven't like shown me anything. Um, I know the internet loves them for whatever reason. Um, but like even like the stuff I've like looked up like um, from New Japan or maybe Ring of Honor. Like like even then I'm just like I I, I don't get the hype behind um Mike and Maria Canellis. Is, is is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's I, where I, it is I, now. I just don't. Get where this gimmick's going to go. Like, it just I, doesn't seem like it just doesn't seem like it's going to have legs for very long. Well, I don't think it's going to have legs because I don't like care to see him in the ring. He's only had two matches so far, mm-hmm. and even with Sami Zayn, who at the very least, Sami Zayn has not had a good gimmick that's mattered. Yeah, but I I'm mildly entertained by most of his matches. Yeah, so those are probably the two worst matches I've seen from Sami Zayn in the last year, mm-hmm. and it's coming from a guy that. Like, if you were doing that power love gimmick, I think initially it's so easy. Like, you, you said it like, oh, they're, like, super in love and rubbing your face. And you're, that's supposed to make them the heel. It's like, yeah, it does. It They were laying it on so thick that it worked. But the only thing I could think was, okay, does that translate to the ring? Because <laughs> Marie Canellas can only get involved in, you know, the Maurice role of cheating. Yeah. But that's not enough. Is he able to put on matches that where he – you've rubbed in that – you have the only love in the world that matters. Mm-hmm. Now you have to rub in while you're in the ring that you're the only wrestler that matters. That's the only way that that translates into making you a good heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless your plan is, and we've talked about this uh, in a similar tone with Jinder Mahal, is the new thing of being a heel is you just have to suck. <laughs> like If you're really bad, it's like we, we understand that enough of the audience is smart to your in-ring capabilities. Mm-hmm. If you just suck... Is that the thing that you have to tie on to your shitty personality to make people truly hate you? Because if you're just a really good heel, we love really good heels. Yeah. You need to make it extremely abrasive in terms of the personality. Yeah. And then apparently, if you're good enough in the ring, we'll just give you a pass on, you know, what you're doing as your gimmick. And in this case, maybe send him out to suck. Once again, I haven't seen his indie <laughs> stuff, and I don't trust the indie fans enough yeah. in terms of up and down. It's like, no, I'm not going to try to tell you Kenny Omega can't wrestle, but I will tell you that of the people, you take the list of like the 10 guys that have been told are good coming from the indies, mm-hmm. like three of them are good. Yeah. I, numbers I'm pulling out of my ass, but I feel like they're fairly accurate. Mike Kanellis hasn't shown me anything, but I also they the matches haven't done anything enough for me to be like, oh, he's definitely not good. Yeah. But the matches just seem to be poorly planned. Like it was really quick get him that victory on SmackDown over Sami Zayn, and then uh, the pay per view match, I he he didn't do enough things in the ring for me to really to see him enough. Yeah. So I still think that there's something there, but he has to actually be good, which I have no idea. 
Yeah. I have no idea whether he can do enough in the ring to make me care about it. But I thought the gimmick itself, I don't think that was bad because everything that people tell me why it's bad is the exact reason it's a good heel gimmick. Like, it, they were slathering it on so well that I, I can't say that yeah. it, was, it was shit because I want heels <clears throat> to be like that. I want some heels to come in and be irredeemable. Like, I don't want just, like, as much as I love Kevin Owens, I don't want all the heels to be guys that we're just going to cheer for and buy their shirts. Yeah. No, so, like, there, there needs to be, like, legit bad guys or or you're just going to just cheer all the bad guys. Yeah. Because, like, who's like who's going to boo Kevin Owens? Like, some people. Before now the, they are. Now they're getting the, the – apparently the <laughs> foreigner gimmick, you don't even have to plan it out. You don't have to do it well. You just do it, yeah. and you're gonna get some booze as the foreigner. So that's and if you come out with John Cena and you just say Civil War 9/11, yep. everybody loses Jesus their shit. Jesus Christ! Like, like, uh, th- there's just been so many people. Like, 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 John Cena has just come back as a shell of John Cena. Good transition. We'll jump to the John Cena Rusev. I had been defending John Cena for the last year, mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, I get." There's all these years to hate him, but in the in, in the last year, he has come in with great matches. Mm-hmm. His promos were on point, and all of a sudden, he comes back from this little hiatus, and it's almost like he put no effort into it. That, it was the laziest of the lazy, rah-rah, yeah. patriotic thing. Like, there are some that he does, and I can still see like why you would say... Oh, go fuck yourself. But when I hear it, I'm like, well, that still was well done. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like there can be a difference of opinion there. But these ones were just bad. Just they were straight the w- pandering. They were the worst of the worst. Then you bring out Rusev, who still hasn't figured out how he's supposed to actually make us hate him other than just being <laughs> the foreigner. And so he comes yeah. out and the best he gets is, you know, America's a joke, whatever. That was the worst like heel promo to build up John yeah. Cena's patriotic promo. And then the match flag match. I didn't hate the match. You know what? I, I, I think the idea is stupid, but anything that ends in a table spot is good to me. So yeah. that one was an okay match for me. That's the only thing Bad that made up. the match. Okay. Was the table spot. I was uh, waiting for it. So I, long. Yeah. I, I th- yeah, I think everything leading up to that table spot was shit. Um, it was just boring, boring, boring until there. Okay. Yep. There's Rusev going through the table. Finally. You know, it was just like the, oh, finally moment other than yes. You know, I'm going to put you in a tough spot. Okay. So imagine that it's flipped. Uh huh. John Cena doesn't put him through the table. Rusev puts him through the table. Yeah. Oh, I'd be way more happy here. But yeah, to get that, Uh John Cena has to super Cena up. And take down Rusev anyways. And win oh, the match. yeah. Like, like, that's exactly what would have. John Cena referred <laughs> to himself as Super Cena. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. Is, is John, like, like, has he given up? Has he just, like, just decided? Maybe he just came in with a, he, he was rusty. Maybe he was just rusty. Maybe. We'll call it ring May, rust. Maybe the that's Nakamura what, match is what's going to get him I back hope, where he needs to be. I hope so. Everyone's calling that a dream match. Um, I mean, it's a dream sh- match. You want me to put my little pitch in and why I think it, it's genius and I'm excited for it? Because what do you think is the outcome going to be? Oh, well, I think the outcome yeah. of that match is going to be. I think Baron Corbin's going to interrupt. You think he's got, like, I, I know you think the, the money in the bank down the line, but you think they're, like, non-finish and it becomes a triple threat? It'll be a non-finish. But then and Baron Corbin a, cashes in? That's it, the... Yeah, so okay. uh, what I think is going to happen... 
John Cena, Nakamura, there's going to be some sort of fuckery, as usual. It's going to end up in a no, um, yeah, no decision, triple threat, Jinder Mahal, John Cena, Nakamura at SummerSlam. Nakamura wins, Barrett Corbin immediately comes out, cashes in, and then that continues their rivalry. It's a bold move, That's considering where, how lackluster the rivalry has been. Oh, so I far. know. It's been pretty shit. <laughs> Especially, like, I expected so much from, like... Just a Nakamura match. Like, I, ex- I expect there to be, like, something good. Because most of his matches have been fairly good. Like, you know... Well, the, the match the next night ended up being entertaining. Uh, when Nakamura came back for Corbin. I, I thought it was good. I thought... Nakam- oh, okay. The round re- two re- was Okay, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a good match. And it ended in a way that, like... It's like they probably wouldn't have gave you that match if people weren't so pissed yeah, at how the first I think one that's, ended. I th- yeah, that's exactly what I thought watching it, is that the pay-per-view match sucks so bad, you got to give them a real match the n- next night. But I, I think, ignoring the fact that it probably will be a non-finish, but to me it's like you don't really need to do that. It, it only kind of makes sense. I, I think if, if you ignore that possibility, because WWE does love the non-finish, you have John Cena versus Nakamura. If they do what they normally will do, mm-hmm. well, okay, let me start with the, the, what most fans want. Nakamura to beat John Cena. Yeah. Like, he comes out, and they have a real match, and they play it up, but it ends clean finish, similar to what they did with Kevin Owens versus John Cena when he came up. Yeah. You shoot Nakamura to the moon, everybody's happy. The opposite is John Cena beats the golden boy of the indie crowd. The same way he always does. (laughs) Super Cena mode on SmackDown. So he could go on to face Jinder Mahal in what's destined to be a shitty match. Yeah. I I, I just don't see a match just between the two of them being that great. Like, 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 I don't know. Like, Cena is as good as whoever he's in the ring with. All of his matches with AJ Styles, fantastic. But I can't name another John Cena match that I was like, oh, that was great. They were all just pretty typical John Cena matches. Um, so, like, I, I I hope for the triple threat. Just I think if you throw Nakamura in there, it gives them a just better chance to... More spots, more things to happen, more, you know, everything. And then, because then we got what Cena going for his 17th title reign, which I don't think they're going to give him yet, if ever. Um, if ever you're if on the ever. Ric Flair train thinking he's not going to beat that 17. I don't think so. And, 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 and I don't think it's WWE. I think it's may, might just be John Cena not wanting to break Ric Flair's. I think he just wants to be at the same level as Ric Flair. I don't really see him wanting to overshadow Ric Flair in any way. Um, I've seen cause when they, when they first like unified the, the, the titles, um, way back, um, and when Cena had him, he 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 was walking past Ric Flair and stopped and like handed Ric Flair the big gold belt and said that's that belongs to you, and walks to the ring and like that just showed me like like I just think John Cena has enough respect for Ric Flair that I don't think he wa- like like the same way John Cena wouldn't have wanted to beat Undertaker's streak. I don't think John Cena would want to break Ric Flair's record either. The <clears throat> record's gonna be broken. Whether it's old ass Triple H stealing in four years, <laughs> I think if anyone breaks, it'll be Triple H. No, it'll be Randy, it'll be Randy Orton. Randy Orton, yeah, Randy Orton as well. But you have to think like it's gonna happen. Why would Don? Yeah. Like I could see where you make that argument because it's like leave it to Ric Flair. But there's no way in hell Randy Orton's gonna be there when he's fifty. Yeah, there's no way in hell he doesn't break that record. 
Like it's I'm, I'm saying like someone else could beat it, but I just don't think you John Cena is going to be the But here's the thing. Why would John Cena not take the 17? Now, you could make the argument Randy will do it first, but I couldn't imagine John mm-hmm. Cena's like I'm like I believe Ric Flair deserves it so much. Mm-hmm. I'm unwilling to go to 17 even when Randy's getting to like 20. I just I don't see John Cena being around much longer. I think he's like this is going to be He does he just has to be like, around the next WrestleMania to do it. That's yeah, I mean he's one away. It doesn't matter like who, who you you go down the line of who's going to be the match for John Cena going into WrestleMania, whatever it is. Like, there's bound to be him winning one of those titles, mm-hmm. whether it's the Universal or whether it's the WWE. Now that he's a free agent, he can jump to both shows because he's John Cena. <laughs> there's no way he doesn't go into WrestleMania either with the belt or to win the belt. Well, in his title reign, like when he tied it, lasted what two weeks? Not long. Yeah. He like what beat AJ Styles, then lost it in the Elimination Chamber right that's, after that. That's the other thing is, as much as he respects Ric Flair, you think he's gonna win his 16th to be on Ric Flair's level and not get any sort of recognition? That thing, nobody talked about it. Like it was no should have been this no huge one. moment, and it was nothing. There's no way, like even if he respects it, he's also a company man, and there's no way Vince McMahon doesn't want John Cena to win the 17th at WrestleMania. There's yeah, no way. Like, at WrestleMania, yeah, everything's all. You always gotta think about those WrestleMania moments. That's because that's all even they if that's, care about. Even if that's the last bit, even if he loses it the next night on Raw and then just leaves, I Jesus Vince is, Vince is willing to do that. <laughs> or he'll just leave it in the ring. Yeah, he'll hang it up on a flagpole. The point is, <laughs> he's gonna win the seventeenth. Uh. Yeah, I I don't even know what else to say about those. We just blended those two together, Nakamura and Corbin. There's not much else to say. Having that non-finish, it's I think it's a good finish for Corbin, just not there, not when you're trying to get Nakamura. Like everybody was talking about yeah. how you failed to book him properly, yeah. and I guess that's the only thing to really you know talk about is how could they have handled Nakamura differently, in your opinion. I don't know how to handle Nakamura without like like, like the, there's not a whole lot of things I can go oh this will make him better and this will make him better like 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 the, the, first of all he needs to learn to speak English <laughs> like like which that that is like that's just going to be a hindrance when when there's a like you're trying to be a top star in on WWE and you don't speak the language like it's just not going to work that well. Because how can you cut a promo when you're only saying three words at a time and you're not even saying them well? Um, nothing against him. I, th- I think I think uh, he's great in the ring. Like I like his matches, even though they're all knees. Like like I think it's I think they're fun to watch. It looks like he's kicking the shit out of people, but he's just like like there's just like everyone's talking about oh he's all charisma and I don't see the charisma. I don't see. I, I see it when he's out not talking. But that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Like that, WWE is built on promos. So exactly. whatever you can do in the ring is only. It might not even be above fifty percent of what it takes. Yeah, it might be a sixty percent what you can do in a promo and a forty percent what you can do. Agreed. In the ring, uh, John Cena proves that. Uh, there's a lot of guys. Yeah. The, the foundation, Hulk Hogan, proves yeah. that. Uh, if you do the promo. That can make up for a lot of other holes in your game. Yeah. So the charisma I do see. I do see when he comes to the ring. It's weird, but it's like anybody else, it would have been so weird that it would have had to stop by now. 
Nakamura still gets to come to the ring. He gets to do his flailing thing on the uh, yeah. on the barricade. He does his little fall to the ground and his <laughs> super flex. And it is so freaking awkward that if he didn't have charisma, they would have made him stop already. It wouldn't have. It still. I, it wouldn't I, be going on right now. I think his whole entrance is 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 bad. Like, they love I, it. Yeah, every bit people, of people like. I I don't like. Maybe you know what? It might just be me. <laughs> like I don't get Shinsuke Nakamura outside of the ring. I get why people like his matches. I totally understand that. But everything else, like I I don't. Get, he doesn't even know what he's saying, and you can tell when he says it. He just oh three little lines, and then. <laughs> And does the weird well, little kn- face. It's, I mean, it's, he, it's, it's he does know what he's saying. Like I've heard him talk in interview. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like he can speak English. It's just not great. My bad. He has like we've mentioned before. He has like the lisp. He, yes. He. It took until a couple weeks ago for him to start doing promos without the mouthpiece in. Uh, a lot of bad decisions on. Yeah. I don't know who should have stopped that from happening, but somebody <laughs> messed up by not fixing that mm-hmm. really early. But yeah, it's like he's never going to be great on the promo. I think a lot of it is they don't write the promo for the person. Yeah. Like they write whatever they're going to write. And it's like, why would you do that? Like that whole Dolph Ziggler like thing to start out Nakamura. It should have been easy for him to at least use good work rate matches to build him up while having fairly simple promos with him. Mm -hmm. And they did nothing with it. Like the closest they've gotten the last few weeks has sort of been these little like back and forth with AJ Styles. And those yeah. have kind of worked kind mostly of, because yeah. they abort them early. They send Corbin in and they fight. Yeah. It's worked out. I don't know how, if you could do that forever or how you work that in. But I think the tough thing is it would be better if there was just a character for Nakamura. Yeah. His character is just, they love him from NXT. Yeah. That's literally his character. Well, everybody cheers. So it works. Mm-hmm. They didn't find a way. And that's something the announcers could build up week to week. Like, it doesn't need to be in a promo, necessarily. Mm-hmm. If the fa- in-crowd loves him, if they lose their mind, then it doesn't matter. You don't need it to be a promo that the arena crowd has to be like, yeah, I love that. It's selling it to the people watching at home on TV, and the announcers can do that, mm-hmm. but they haven't. They haven't sold us anything. Or you have the other option, is you just don't let them talk at all. That's you, like- you can send a mouthpiece, but... I think what they should have done, they should have created Super Nakamura. <laughs> they should have sent him out. He already doesn't have a lot of moves. Yeah. Make him go out and just John Cena people. Yeah. He I gets mean, the hell beat out of him quickly. Just he's he's uh on his knees and he just rises up with his little Nakamura shake that he yeah. does. And he goes to a dominant victory. Five moves of doom. They're all knees, but they're from different positions in the <laughs> ring. All of a sudden... Nakamura, super over. And it's just ironically funny to me. I'll love it because the fans who are cheering him are the same ones mad at John Cena. Yeah. So to me, it's hilarious. It would work perfectly. Got to figure out those five moves of doom for Nakamura. Make that happen. Yeah, you could totally build him up as a just like silent badass. Like like you could go that way, you know. Um, yeah, I could totally see that working. Like, like um, he, he might have just been like thrown up like like that's not thrown up moved up to like a top spot maybe a little bit sooner like 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 maybe given like give WWE fans a little longer to see who this person is and see more other than like especially the people that don't watch NXT or know nothing about New Japan 
just if, if you had gave him a couple of you know squash matches when he first showed up, that's what know? they really should have done. Yeah, and I think that would have helped him out a lot. Really, the, all of his matches have been longer with competition. You're not gonna bury. I yeah. mean, you can sort of bury Dolph Ziggler, but they're doing a hell of a job. Uh, they, he's gone. I was gonna ask you about where he is, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> Baron Corbin is also being shot to the moon. So you can't just let Nakamura take out Baron Corbin. So yeah, he he hasn't had the opportunity to build himself up as a force to be reckoned with. And if you're gonna like like you said, he he can't do it on the promo side. So you're gonna need to do it in the ring. And instead it's just kind of been like, Well, yeah, he's pretty good, but I don't know if everybody's behind him. He has that portion of the crowd that's going to be at the same level for him no matter what happens but getting the rest of the crowd yeah you would have needed some squash matches you need some time to build it up but if he comes in and beats john cena that's why i think the non-finish is not a smart Mm -hmm. move then that does get him a level of the credibility leading into that match yeah the problem is everybody will be excited for nakamura to see him face gender yeah and it's going to be garbage because apparently gender's whole move sets even though he got huge are still just knees himself Except he sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's a good description for Junior Hall. It sucks. Yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. I got. I want to be like nice to talent and find like polite ways to say not good. Yeah. But gender has been in there for seven years. Like we we talked about this before. I was never mad because they gave him the spot out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It was that when he got there, the matches were still terrible. He is not. His moveset is the same as when he was a jobber in the three-man band, except now he's huge. Yeah. So it makes zero sense that all of his moves are these lame little knees. Like, he doesn't do anything else. He does a running knee. Yeah. Like, he literally watched one Triple H match and picked the wrong move to steal from <laughs> him. That's all he does, and the rest isn't there. And then his his goon squad are tiny tots. Yeah. Like, none of it makes sense, and I don't think out of shape great Kali is going to fix it either. Like I was so sad to see him walk out. I was like, great Kali. And then I was like, Oh, you are flabby. And he's been looking bad for a long time. And that's considering your problem when you first were in is that you were huge and you looked great, but you couldn't take a bump to save your life. I can't imagine you're going to take better bumps now that you're middle-aged and out of shape. And is is he is he back now or is he it was was that just like a one off? It can't be a one off. He has to at least be there for something. He has to be there for John Cena to attitude adjust <laughs> him out of the ring or something. I don't know. I it it was a good move. I still think it would have been long term a better option if you're gonna keep gender at the top of the card for any time at all. I still think bringing up the authors of pain and putting them into that Indian yeah. stable would have yeah. been a lot better move than what Great Khali does. Great Khali worked for one spot, and that spot was seen by half the audience because of the Punjabi prison was in the way. Yeah. Uh, I did like Singh's spot falling through the table. Uh, that was beautiful. Um, they always have at least like one good bump between them, wh- wh- whether it's the you know the, the, they're taking it or Randy Orton's just shucking them. <laughs> like that, they always take a pretty good bump. Yeah. That. That one was solid. Great Kali. I thought it was a, it was a great finish, except, like I said, the, the crowd couldn't see yeah. what was happening in the match, despite creating those bigger holes in the ring to make it seem ridiculous, like somebody could just slide through there and not have to go over the top. They, I, I can see why they did it, but took away credibility from the match, because, like I said, there's no reason to climb to the top if you can just slide through one of the yeah. squares. And then, two, it didn't help 
people still couldn't see anything. Yeah. It didn't change it. No, the the, cr- the crowd, like, like I don't know, the crowd didn't seem to give a shit about most of the matches the whole night. Like That's true. They didn't especially have Especially that one where they couldn't see anything. They didn't have a lot to to care about. I think they were in it early in the Nakamura Corbin match uh-huh. and then it just kind of didn't do much for him and then ended yeah. the way it did. Uh AJ Styles, I, I think they were into the match not not a lot, but like yeah. I said, uh that was not what I would say is one of their better performances, but they don't really have bad matches. Mm-hmm. Uh it was just yeah, that one got to the end too, and I can imagine if I'm confused watching on TV, I can only imagine if you're in the arena watching that and wondering was his shoulder down what was happening because it made no sense mm-hmm. it didn't uh, it was a very weird pinning move to have the ref knocked out and yeah i it, uh, like that was the match i was i was looking forward to because like as i've said you know dozens of times is that like i i have yet to see aj styles have a bad match and that th- that may have been the worst match i've seen him have is the one on battleground um, and I expected so much out of, especially out of like a match between him and, and Kevin Owens. Like I thought the last match they had where, where, where his foot got caught in the table or whatever, that was a bullshit ending. And then they have this match with another bullshit ending in, in, in a pretty lackluster match. Um, like, it's, it's like Kevin Owens has good matches with almost everybody. AJ matches has great matches with everybody. And, and then they both come together for a pretty... Just like just a match, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just a match. It was something you th- like, like you'd see at a house show. Like it, it was just nothing. Um, it just like, re- like their whole feud. Like I was so excited for because they're both so entertaining, and it's been incredibly disappointing. And I don't know who to blame for that, but but I need someone. <laughs> and I need someone to blame for somehow ruining AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. I've seen great matches with them before they were in WWE. Um, and it seems like they always do the same spot where um, AJ Styles would give him the Styles Clash off the apron onto the floor. It was an insane spot, but it seems like they did it every time. So I was expecting some sort of, you know, something like that between all of their matches. And they've all been really just lackluster, disappointing shit matches that make me not like AJ Styles and Kevin Owens as much as I do. Like, like it just, it's just, I feel like a parent (laughs) 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 whose kid was going to medical school and then, and then they got addicted to smack and now I got to deal with this bullshit. That's how I feel. Is either superstar hurting from not being in the WWE championship title picture? Um, yes and no. Um, like, I would like to see, like, seeing as Kevin Owens and AJ Styles are some of the top talent on SmackDown, I would like to see them in the title picture, but, um, they've been working a lot lately on trying to make, like, the, the, the middle titles seem bigger, um, so I think putting, like, the U.S. title on people like John Cena and Kevin Owens and Jericho and AJ Styles and people like that is good for the title. Um, and, and and I think AJ Styles and Kevin Owens don't even necessarily need to be in 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 a champion like the top championship spots because they've both have been, had those belts already. So like it's 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 not like like we're like oh I don't know if they can be champions like they've already been the champions they've already been to- top of the hill. So, um, yeah, yes and no, like, like, I don't know. I think they'd be better than Jinder Mahal. I'll tell you that. 
like I'd rather see Jinder Mahal fighting for the U.S. title match than the, than the, the the world championship. It just seems to make more sense. Yeah, and that's probably where he'll end up going next, and then he'll still ruin that as well. Um, I I thought one of them should have been in the title picture, mostly because of what we just mentioned. Like Randy Orton versus Kevin Owens, I would have loved watching. Mm-hmm. Like AJ Styles versus Jinder, I bet that would have been your best shot of getting Jinder to not just be awful. Probably. And neither one, they're they're down there. It's not necessarily hurting them, but it was definitely hurting SmackDown. Yeah. Um, and I thought their rivalry partially due to the fact that the top of the card was so just meh mm-hmm. for so long, that does have an effect on the rest of the card. It's hard to get psyched up for a pay-per-view when you know it ends in a Punjabi prison match. Like, it's tough. And that match going in, like, it should have, they should have easily found a way to get us psyched up for an AJ Styles, Kevin Owens match. Yeah. And I think at most, I was just hoping it was going to be a saving grace. And then when that ending made yeah. it less than that, then that, that whole pay-per-view was just in shambles. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't much that actually probably, especially after the last match. Yeah. That actually probably made the Punjabi prison match that much worse. Cause I'm sitting there thinking there is there. Like even the AJ Styles, Kevin Owens match wasn't good. Why should I even expect them to come up with something decent. Yeah. And the best that they had for me was out of shape Kali. But I, I think that they fixed most of it that SmackDown after. Yeah. Like Corbin Nakamura made a great match and maybe it doesn't make up for it. I don't know why they're making sure that the show after the pay-per-view is better than the actual pay-per-view, mm-hmm. but it was better. It was it was it was actually a it wasn't even just better than a terrible pay per view, it was a really good episode of SmackDown and having you know obviously it helped having Chris Jericho that's a better yeah. uh, return that's a better surprise than Great Khali surprise surprise there yeah that was a big uh, like especially after he's only been gone what two months yeah like I, I thought this was I thought it was, he was going to take a we could have figured that longer we could have figured that out if we cared to look up Fozzie tour dates no but thank you nope so we'll just be surprised <laughs> when he makes it back yeah uh it's good for smackdown though um it, Chris Jericho being back is great for smackdown because they need star power on that show they need people it was also it. just a great finish for that match that triple threat having the normally it's like if you're gonna make the titles just jump back and forth yeah I guess have one where it's at a Madison Square Garden show that we don't get to see yeah and then have one like this where it fits into the story and Kevin Owens going afterwards just just ranting on the mic. Yeah. It was a great heel spot after that match. It added just this great finish to what was a really good SmackDown. The only thing missing, and I don't know how I got to the point where I'm saying this, the only thing missing was a uh, appearance by the fashion police. <laughs> they yeah. left us on such a cliffhanger on Battleground. That might have been the best moment on Battleground. Like how how have the fashion police <laughs> somehow become like my favorite part of SmackDown? I love their little like backstage segments with their like I've been pausing it so I can look at all the pictures they have on their little <laughs> board and see like all the little jokes they have for You're everyone. A mark for the fashion police. Um, they're hilarious <laughs> and, and like I like uh, like I should hate them. Like every part of my being wants to hate them, but it's all the little bitty details of just like if j- just look at that corkboard behind them and all the pictures they have hung up and all the little things they write underneath them and it's different every week. They're always funny. Um, 
Yeah, I might take back every bad thing I ever said about Tyler Breeze and Fandango. Like, <laughs> maybe just their gimmicks suck. Maybe they don't suck as much as I say they do. Um, I will. Th- I will say I was hedging my bets because I was being careful. But we attacked the fashion police, and I still hold by half of what I said while we we did that. But remember, I didn't say they were terrible. I said yeah. very specifically, if you give them a different opportunity, and in this case, it still is the fashion police, but let them do something mm-hmm. and. You know, I couldn't have imagined that they did this kind of joke gimmick and made it work, but they did. Yeah. Give them room to breathe because, yeah, we saw them on Southpaw Regional Wrestling. They have something. Yeah, they're uh, funny. It, they're it might funny not guys. be in-ring. We still haven't necessarily seen any <laughs> in, good in-ring work. Uh, good mop work from Breeze, but yeah. that's really about it. Uh, I, I'm really mad that they had much better production value on their backstage segment than they ever gave to Bray Wyatt for anything. <laughs> when, when they dragged Fandango out of the, the, yeah. the shot, I was just like, one, I was laughing, but then I stopped for a second and then I just turned to my brother and I was like, they got better cinematographer <laughs> for that. I've been telling you for so long, you need to get somebody who has any value with Bray Wyatt. I mean, that was beautiful. That yeah. was so well done. And it was for nothing. It was it was not even a big part of the show. Yeah. Like, it's just, it happens. They made segments with the Ascension not suck. That right there, yeah. they deserve some sort of award. I mean, I, now with talking smack gone, I guess the best thing about SmackDown is the fashion police. It's close. Like They do have a uh, smacking talk now. Do they? Cool. <laughs> have you not seen it no it was it was, it, it was like a two minute thing that daniel bryan did uh and you just put it up on uh oh, did they tout it twi- is that no, what he, it was? he kept saying tout, okay. but it's not actually right. on tout. okay was, i, d- I did hear about that and i kept hearing the tout thing and it made yeah. me laugh every time because yeah. i remember when they were trying to push that <laughs> down everyone's throat yeah that failed let's yeah. just get our wrestlers on real social media and try not yeah. to make our own how about that yeah so no, it was not actually on tout, but it was yeah, it was just a little segment yeah. where they talk to Gable about how he feels about Jason Jordan, and Daniel Bryan tells him he has his own uh, <laughs> special announcement to tell him. Of course, and so he has a little envelope that is you know supposed to have the DNA test, and they open it up and it's just handwritten that says I'm your father, and Gable <laughs> like is you know trying to be the straight man, just losing it as Daniel Bryan says all this stuff, and Gable's just like you're f- only five years older than me. And he's like, I was a very virile five-year-old. <laughs> that's hilarious. And, and the, that's the that's whole really that's the whole segment. It was like two minutes. They put it up. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, Real quick, uh, I wanted to go back and let, like, um, Chris Jericho. Like, did he finally catch up to his age in the last two months? It's just the hair. Is it? It's the he's hair. To grow the hair back in, out. in the gut. The guts. The guts <laughs> been there. The guts been there. He, he's had a good two months. The guts, the gut may have it may have expanded a tiny bit due to his uh, tour schedule. Yeah. Um, but no, the gut's been there. It's just really it looks that much more because I don't think he died. Like he he, he you see the gray in his hair. He yeah. didn't dye it, and then it's growing out. Which he used that stupid headband that looks yeah. It, it, it's yeah, not that, good. That. And you know, and I, I'll give him some credit. It's tough growing out your hair, yeah. and you're in that mid phase when it's like it can be. It can either be a mullet. Or it can be something funnier than a mullet. Those yeah. are your two options, and I I could see why he tried to, eat, but the headband did not make it better. You, you God, shouldn't have, you shouldn't God, have tried that. God bless him. Looked like he had a you know very relaxing two months. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. But he's back. Uh, I yeah the SmackDown ended and its first best show in the longest time, 
and then they didn't have that episode of Talking Smack afterwards. Yeah. Uh, that's something I we haven't had a chance to talk about it since they announced that. Uh, but have, what are your opinions on that? Because I keep reading all these things. You know, they talk about, you know, first it's they don't get enough viewers, <laughs> but technically they have more viewers than 205 Live. Yeah. And it clearly is cheaper. Uh, then there's these rumors that Vince McMahon just didn't like it. And I think the first, the, the one episode that they mention is that when new day came back, they were on talking smack before they debuted for their return before they had, uh, come on SmackDown for their first match. They had showed up on talking smack and Vince was mad about that. Uh, but makes no sense because Vince okays whoever goes on talking smack. Yeah. Like that would have been a decision he made. And there's all this back and forth. I don't really know what to think of it or what reason that they have that mm-hmm. makes sense other than the talent just didn't want to do it after 205 Live each night. I th- I think it was they, whoever they is. You can say Vince they. McMahon, the, the McMahons, the people in charge. I think they just didn't like the, the the fact that like wrestlers were getting over by themselves like t- talk like if it wasn't for talking smack the miz wouldn't be where he's at right now That's true um he, he he would still be the shitty miz um that no one gives shit about but like like because talking smack's not it's not like scripted correct no as it far is. as i know I, I think there's definitely moments where you have to think if they weren't given a script. They were at yeah. least given the talking points. Because mm-hmm. you can see sometimes that they're they're trying to hit certain notes. But no, most of it was unscripted, just letting them talk. And they they were in a much, much more relaxed format. And I guess not even to turn, you know, they into this conspiracy, mm-hmm. but even just from the mindset of figuring out what you want your talent to say, while there were a lot of good moments, there could have technically been bad moments. Mm-hmm. There were times, you know, I, I don't even think it was talking smack. It was like the pre-show with Nia Jax that hurt her build up as a monster. Cause she just sounds like a really catty, like yeah. girl from California. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there, there are situations where it could hurt the character, but I think the problem with that is that never happened. There weren't situations like when people like talked about what happened on Talking Smack. Mm-hmm. Nobody was on the internet saying this person ruined their character from this. Yeah. They ignored the lackluster portions of Talking Smack, <clears throat> and then they retweeted the video clips of good things. Yeah, and so it was. It could only have been a net positive. The, the only thing I look at, yeah, you could have had the guys in the back getting jealous or what have you about guys getting over. And the, the, we hear so many stories about it. I can't outright yeah. reject that as being uh, a factor in it. But I'd have to say, like, a lot of it had to have just been they were doing it after 205 Live. So they literally, you have a two-hour SmackDown. You have yeah. an hour of television nobody's watching. <laughs> and then they're waiting there. When they could have gone home, gone and jumped in the car, started heading out, you know, like. But is 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 Raw Talk still a thing? Do they do that after Raw, or is that just pay per view? It was always like they've never had Raw. Well, they may have had it once, but it was always Raw Talk was just after pay per views. Okay. And now, yeah, for both of the shows, they will still happen, but they will both be only after a pay per view. 
Uh, it makes. I mean, that's. It seems a lot easier for yeah. talent to do it after the pay per view than do it each week. At least after they're still having something. Is Renee Young still going to be the host? Yeah, and now she's on Raw too in the back, which yeah. probably helps because uh, she's I, great. Charlie she's my, uh, and uh, I don't even know who else, but the the backstage interview segments mm-hmm. have been really bad since Renee Young was focusing on Talking Smack. Yeah. Uh, so that might help build those up because I, I don't know if that's a every week thing, but she was definitely on Raw and SmackDown this last week. Yeah, I think Renee Young's been the best like backstage commentator yeah. since Mean Gene Okerlund. Like, she's I, pretty good. Like, th- th- there's like Michael Cole did nothing for me. Kevin Kelly did nothing for me. Kevin Kelly is terrible. Yeah, that's a different tangent. Um, uh, but but Renee yeah. Young draws me in. I mean, sh- she's she's funny. She's chipper, pretty. Like, 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 I, I love Renee Young. I think she's great. Um, she's tuned in. Tuned in. Yeah, she's a fan. She knows what's happening. Yeah. Um, good for her. Um, I'm glad that she still gets to do something, but I'm gl- kind of glad I get to see her on Raw now and, yep. like, just more stuff. Uh, okay, like, I guess, like, I, I can be fine with not having Talking Smack after every SmackDown if they're still going to have it after the pay-per-views. As long as it's not completely gone and there's still, you know, some sort of venue for people to go and talk and still get over on their own merit and, you know, and, like, show a little personality, um, good. That's good. It's good for them. It's good for the company. It's good for the business. It's good for everything. Um, I still think just have it. Just get rid of 205 Live, if anything. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, talent that's there, though, that you can move up and down, you know, like... I mean, obviously, everybody kind of gets pigeonholed into the cruiserweight, so it's hard to yeah. uh, move them up to the main brand if you need to do that. It's extra matches to fill that three hours. It's really hard most of the time. Uh, I don't kn- I don't know what their mindset is with 205 Live. It's hard to look at anything that's happened and just say that it's a success, but it's also hard to look at it and say it's a pure failure because mm-hmm. I don't know what their mindset is, what they are trying to get out of it, yeah. and what they need to get out of it to make it worth it. I've never cutting, watched it. Cutting, <laughs> <laughs> cutting it doesn't, isn't this, like, it's not... 205 live versus talking smack like Mm -hmm. those aren't when you're making that decision to axe one you're not deciding between the two it's two completely separate things in terms of how their mindset is where they what they want to spend time and money on uh but yeah yeah, like i would say at this point talking smack was a bigger benefit for the company as a whole at least from what we've seen and looking at the numbers you can't just make it on a number standpoint because it's not like 205 Live was getting better numbers than no. talking Just look at all the people that helped. All the like, it's D- Daniel Bryan finally got to go out there and talk and like show personality, which um, I-, I like him better on 205 Live than I've ever liked anything else he's ever done. Um, you actually get to see him as a but person. You're a Daniel Bryan hater, so I'm just I'm not a Daniel <laughs> Bryan. Ha- I never hated Daniel Bryan. I just never got. I was just like he's just never thought he was special as as everyone he was he was the the everyone's darling and i was just like he's just some guy but yeah 205 live made me like him he's entertaining funny so real quick uh we'll go on another group that instead of having people get themselves over in the back uh they just took six women and every week have a powwow to get them to try to get over and surprise surprise nobody got over you don't Uh, say how did you feel about that match? Because that was one. I know some people directly afterwards. They seem to be more upset with the who won than yeah. they were the match. I I thought the match was just average. It was and an average match. Yes. I I can see getting a little upset because it was looking at it, it's like okay if it's not Charlotte winning. Yeah. 
it doesn't make much sense. Like it's not like people said if it's not Charlotte or Becky Lynch, you guys get upset and other people can win. It's like I didn't even think it was that. I think if Becky Lynch would have won, I would have been like, I don't know how excited I am for a Becky Lynch Naomi match at SummerSlam. Yeah, you know, uh, Charlotte should have just stayed heel. Yeah, they haven't hardlined the face turn enough. You could have just gone back and made it a mini swerve and just let her go back to heel. It's the better option because that women's division. The, I think having all six of them in the back worked maybe like the first two weeks, uh-huh. and but then they just they've done it every week since WrestleMania. So they've been yeah. basically doing it for like two three months now. <clears throat> it's not working. It stopped working after the first couple weeks. Yeah, and Charlotte, who was amazing on Raw, yeah, she's got to be pissed about since she, since she's come to SmackDown. Well, she's having fun with Becky Lynch, so maybe she's not mm-hmm. even realizing how shitty this has been so far. She was a three time champ. Yeah, and it's going to stay three times for a while, apparently. <laughs> and Natalia is just in that weird spot where in-ring work-wise, that's fine if that's who you're going to put up there. Yeah. But she's not been able to pull off face or heel, and I don't know how that helps Naomi, who needs somebody. Like, Naomi has potential. It's not going to be tapped if she's just beating Lana, and then the only bone you give her is, oh, yeah, she gets to face Natalia, so they might have a pretty decent match, yeah. but nobody's going to care about it. Yeah. So I... That's it. I threw out all my things. Yeah. Do you have anything to add? There? Um, put Lana back with Rusev. Like they're they're, they're both on the same show. It'll help both of them. Um, they suck without each other. We've seen that when they split them up. They suck without each other. Like like no, that they need to stay a couple. Um, Naomi might have the best entrance in wrestling right now. <laughs> like, like like I don't I like I love it. I love the the I, the green I, lights and 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 the, all of it. The, it's so good. Yeah. They do it when she's not even coming out to wrestle. She's <laughs> cut, she does her entrance to come sit at the announcer's table. Yeah, the the belt works for me. Everyone's oh the belt looks like a toy. I'm like it's fucking part. They've all look like toys. Yeah, for the longest time now. I'm not so much mad about the glow thing. It's just like another piece of me being like belts look stupid now. That wasn't worse than what it looked like prior to no, it looks it, so. like no it's got lights on it now it's, it's it's like a it's like a fast and furious car it's like oh that was just a civic but now we got lights under it so it's faster um what yep. else what else what else um i would say like if if, if everyone's <laughs> like if if shinsuke nakamura is supposed to be this field of charisma then natalia is where charisma goes to fucking die because <laughs> she is just awful like she's awful and at least now that she's uh, like a heel ish, I don't have to hear about her uncle Brett with every promo, just every other now. Now um, it's everybody else saying it. Like, <laughs> the moment she quit saying it, now everybody else reminds us um, that that's all she's said. But months. she's just so bad at being bad. Like, like I, I hated Charlotte as a heel. I was like, she looks like she's about to cry every time the crowd boos her, and she's still a better heel than Natalia is at all. Well, see, that's where we have our disagreement. Ooh. I will never get on your side because Charlotte was amazing as a heel. And I think now, as we watch this, it should have proved it each week. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, I would yeah, like yeah. your apology in a formal writing, Wade. Um, I would like to make a public apology. Charlotte <laughs> should have stayed heel. Um, she, well, she finally did stop crying when people would boo her. Because that was the only thing I disliked about I her being a heel what was the crowd booing and watching her get those those Ric Flair tears in her eyes that the winds changed. We'd better cry about it. Um, but Natalia's terrible. Like, like, I, I, like, I don't know why she has a job there. That's how bad I wrestle. think she is. Well, yeah. Like, they have I, enough. They have but enough. But it's a, WWE doesn't care about women who can wrestle. 
Now they have to. Yeah. And now, like, who who's better? Like, were they gonna give all of Natty's push to Tamina? Ah, ah. Um, don't do not do this uh, to me, Wade. Do not do this to me. I could definitely no. see Tamina as a in a, like a Nia Jax role of like monster heel ish. She's a big scary girl. You know what's funny? One, she's not. She's just big enough that it's like okay, I guess I get it. But she's not even intimidating big. She's just. She, did you not see the leather jacket? The leather jacket. Oh, <laughs> how did I forget the leather jacket? That means Wade. badass. That means badass. All right, so. She is basically tiny Nia Jax. And at this point... Well, now that Nia Jax is there, yeah. No, but like even then, like she... she <coughs> to be, Here's the thing. If you're going to do it, you need to at least be a monster in the ring. She doesn't beat the crap out of anybody. So she can't be the monster. She also, and we've talked about this, when Nia Jax figured out how to fall out of the ring correctly, I gave her some praise, mm-hmm. mostly because of who's terrible at falling out of the ring as a monster, <laughs> Tamina. And now Tamina, to add to the monster thing, now she's supposed to be like caring over her little duckling Lana. Yeah. I that may end up working out in the end, but I don't want to see it. I don't think so because they've done that with her before. They've stuck her with uh, AJ Lee. Um, and, and, and other people as this, you know, enforcer or bodyguard. So it's just kind of the same spot that she's been in for the last five years. But at least now that her dad got cleared of the murder charges, she's back on TV. That's good. <laughs> so good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Cleared of the murder charges, meaning... He died. Un- <laughs> <laughs> and before that, uh, incapable of standing trial. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's... But, but no, he did it. He killed that lady. <laughs> he killed that lady. I looked into it. He, yeah, he killed he- her. Wade, our uh, classically trained, mm-hmm. uh, what are you, like a PI? Like, I don't know what. Something like that. Whatever yeah. it is. Wade, Wade knows. He has looked into this thoroughly. He was on Reddit twice. Mm-hmm. And he knows. Twice. He he knows what really happened that sad, sad day in like 82 I did lo- or something. I did look up a bunch of di- like different stories from like his story to the police's story to all these other things and like kind of kind of like. I'll go through it with you sometime. I'll wait. I'll together. wait till it becomes a Netflix documentary in mm-hmm. like five years. Um, <laughs> so yeah, now that we wasted a bunch of time and all that, and we're running a little late on this show, uh, I was gonna go into, uh, you know what? We have time. You know what? Because we can make this show last as long as we want it to be. Uh, one thing I was gonna say, uh, just this last Monday uh, was the anniversary of the Benoit tragedy. It's been ten years. Whoa! Since that happened. And, you know, I know Chris Jericho on his podcast did a little thing where they tried to, like, avoid talking about the tragedy and just talk about Benoit's career uh-huh. since that's been, you know, basically ixnay for the last 10 years. You can't yeah. focus on what Benoit did. You're not allowed. You talked about all the time. There's, you know, Chris Jericho putting together a DVD of his matches like, oh, yeah, all the ones I went on there with Benoit can't go on the DVD. Yeah. Uh, but I was just one of the things they were talking about is, you know, Dave Meltzer was on with him and he was saying that. He hadn't watched a Benoit match until he went to some uh, show in Japan where they had one of his matches from when he was in Japan, like played on like the Titantron. Yeah. And he was stuck in the arena. So it was was, just. I think he was the Pegasus kid in Japan. And I think early on he was Dynamite Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so he saw that was the only time he was watching in the last 10 years. I have not had the same type of thing. And I was just going to ask you, like. Have you had any problem with going back? And I, I know you've said you were never really a big Chris Benoit yeah. fan anyways. But have you had any problem with going back and watching any of his matches on the network? A problem with it? No. 
Like, no. Um, like, he killed his family. Like, like, but that's got nothing to do with you know his twenty, what twenty, maybe twenty year career before yeah. that ish. You know, twenty ish has a little to do with it. You know, um, like my old, like I, I don't think like Chris Benoit is as good as all these people think he is. Like, like he's like I. He's had good matches, but he's never had a great match. I don't think. I think he's had some some great matches. Like like, like there's just nothing like that, that Chris Benoit's ever done to make. Oh yeah, Chris Benoit's coming out. Like I've never like like he's just been a blip, nothing. <laughs> ju- like, like, like like you really hate technical wrestling, don't you? <laughs> um, it's just so boring for the most part. It's like hey, if, if if the technical wrestlers had some sort of personality, it'd be better. But none of them ever do. Bret Hart had zero personality. Um, Chris Benoit had no personality. Dean Malenko, no personality. Um, but I've gone back. I watched the the triple threat match between Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Benoit, where I believe Benoit won. I like that one. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. I don't have a problem going back and seeing yeah. him on TV. Like I don't like. I'm glad that like his matches are still on the network because you know he had matches with a lot of other good people. You know he was you know the the whole. What invasion thing they kind of did with yeah. him, Malenko, Guerrero, radicals. Saturn, the radicals. Thank yeah. you. Like that was all pretty good, especially since he had just won the WCW championship like the night before. Yeah. Um. So like, I don't have a problem going back and seeing him on old stuff. He's, I mean, he's a part of history. Like, like he's going to be there whether you like it or not. It's like being like, like there's are tons of wrestlers that have done terrible fucking things, and they're all still on TV. Um, like it doesn't like, <clears throat> don't remove them from the TV. Cause then it just looks like you're trying to hide the fact that like, Oh, like, like we all know he murdered his family. Like we all fucking know it. Everyone in the world knows it. That's all they know about him for the most part. Um, so you leave the stuff on there. Like you should even be able to search his matches. Now I don't like, like all the marks want to get on there. Like, like anytime a wrestler does a Q and a some jackass, like there are two questions that always get asked. What size is Batista's dick? <laughs> <laughs> and, and number two is, do you think Crispin Wall should be in the Hall of Fame? If you think Crispin Wall should be in the Hall of Fame, you're a jackass. Like, there's no, like, you don't put murderers and people that do shit like that in the Hall of Fame. Jimmy Snook in the Hall of Fame? He is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that, he got, there, he, he, there's going to be some, charged with it. well, there's going to be some really terrible people in the Hall of Fame by the yeah. time it's said and done. That doesn't mean with somebody no. like Crispin Wall. And there was also, that was one of the arguments that uh, Meltzer and Jericho had talked about. Like, Chris Benoit, that tragedy almost derailed the WWE. Like, yeah. It potentially could have. That was a tough few months where people the, were just the, thinking. There was another big uh, steroid controversy during that where yeah, I think they. They, they like, tied it to the Chris Benoid yeah. thing. Was it roid rage, which is so stupid. And then we look, the real controversy in hindsight is the CTE. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's changed, one of the. Yeah, there's no chair shots now because of that. And like, that's one of the th- reasons why I, like you say, well, it's not connected. Well, here's the tough. It's not even that I can't go back and watch and be like, well, he's a murderer. I can't watch Chris Benoit yeah. matches. The thing that I have is you start watching, and we went back and we watched Jericho Benoit in the ladder match, and was that D- WWE? Yeah. Okay. Like that one was one where like one of the one of the moves was like Chris Jericho doing the walls of Jericho through the ladder to Benoit, like they're up on the ladder okay. instead of going like it was one of the first ladder matches where they're not doing high spots, they're beating the hell out of each other with the weapons, okay, and then they just eventually fight to get up there to 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 win yeah and 
there was one of those uh, chair shots where Benoit does his, uh, you know, flies out of the ring through the ropes and Chris Jericho hits him in the head with the chair. And mm-hmm. this is not the only spot in the match where you just watch and you're just like, holy crap. Yeah. That is where the CTE came from. Yeah. And that is where that is. Well, they said that like flying headbutt that he would do, like he that would too, knock yeah. himself out almost every time. Like, 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 yeah, like he's not really headbutting that person, but he's jumping off that and, and doing. He's a, headbutting himself. Yeah, he, uh, every time, like yeah, he's hitting like, the canvas. This, yeah, they've said like he would like knock himself out almost every single time he did that move. Um, I just think it was him. Like he's just kind of a reckless, you know, reckless guy. F- from most of the stories I hear from people, like f- from like wrestlers that are back there, like he was kind of an asshole. You know, I've heard different things. I've heard he was mostly just. <laughs> withdrawn more so than asshole but I, he was one of those people that when they talked to him he wouldn't be friendly and so your first thing is like what's up his ass but yeah. most of the time it was just he just you know it was more of laid back uh like just didn't want to interact which i understand that i'm not willing to let you go on and call somebody an asshole just for not liking to talk to people uh you might have some ground to stand on considering how his life ended. No, but I'm, I'm talking about the stuff like, like, like there's a big story about he kicked Miz out of the locker room in some big crazy fashion for eating chicken in the locker room. And he was eating chicken over his bag and he thought that was disrespectful. So he kicked him out of the locker room. Um, or Justin Roberts was in a hotel as Benoit and JBL both went around banging on every door looking for Justin Roberts because they wanted to basically haze him and be dicks. Um, or Benoit would yell at other wrestlers for not going to the gym when he wanted to go to the gym with them. And like, he just kind of like, I, I wouldn't have liked the guy at all. <laughs> like, like he just seems like a prick. Um, I don't trust anything Justin Roberts says. Uh, I feel like the Miz deserves it. I don't care what the story is. <laughs> yeah, the and, Miz deserves anything. And, uh, my whole point is watching those matches, like, you see it, and it's yeah. hard not to watch and just kind of grit your teeth because, you know, it's like from most of the stories you hear, he wasn't some psychopath mm-hmm. up until the very end. Yeah. You know, and that you start seeing what – you don't want to make excuses for people, but when oh, you start cr- seeing what happens with CTE, yeah. like, that just – seems to have been a big contributing factor. And then when you start seeing some of the moves, of the, just, and it wasn't, you can talk about Chris Benoit being a little reckless, but there's a lot of guys, like, all of those chair shots. Mm-hmm. Like, there's reckless stuff that these guys were doing. And oh, yeah. watching those matches, I mean, I guess you could watch any of the matches and, like, I still enjoy chair shots. But there was just something about watching, knowing the outcome yeah. and watching that that I had a little, I have a little issue with. But I'm not going to, like, avoid watching the matches and have some sort of, for you Christ's know, sakes, put your, on. put your hands up when you see a chair swinging at you. That, that like doesn't worked. look as good. Yeah, but it worked for Stone Cold. Stone it did Cold. Stone Cold was good at it too, though. Yeah. It looked like it hit him in the face and always hit his elbows, which I don't master. know how. I don't know how he didn't have the most fucked up elbows. <laughs> like his arms just come up. Someone and like, needs to talk he has like T Rex arms to block the the chair shot. Uh, yeah. So that's that's all I have there. It's also two year anniversary of Hulk Hogan getting the pink slip. We do not have enough time to jump into the Hulk Hogan. Uh, business but we do have a special little segment coming up this will be the first in what will be a regular segment we have on the show this will be my girlfriend kenzie coming on to have her nxt updates because we are so macho we refuse to watch nxt and 205 live (laughs) and she does it for me so she will break down what's been happening and i think in future shows we'll use that as a little barometer to kick stuff off back and forth this one will just be to close out the show so we'll let kenzie take it away 
Here's your very first NXT update. First, a note from the past few weeks. If you missed it, go watch the last woman standing match between Asuka and Nikki Cross from the June 28th episode. It was fantastic. So now on to the latest July 29th episode. In the first segment, Ember Moon beats some jobber who dresses like a Disney princess and shrieks like a banshee. Moon then picks up the mic to call out Asuka for a match at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, which I think everyone already knew was planned. It still is. No surprises. Uh, I still enjoy Moon's shameless tributes to Sailor Moon, but her character is otherwise confusing. Um, Her smile just doesn't fit. Next, Sanity intrudes on the Authors of Pain versus Jobbers match. Uh, This results in very little action and relatively no plot or character buildup for anyone. Then we get another match from Velveteen Dream, an interesting enough character who also seems quite athletic, but it's unclear what the WWE will ever actually be able to do with him, especially on the main roster. Uh, No storylines can possibly work without quickly devolving into something extremely offensive. His finisher is the Purple Rainmaker, a diving elbow drop that's very theatrical. Um, He's sparkly and sassy, and although I personally enjoy the concept, I don't think it's going to end well. After his match this week, he speaks for the first time and gives a promo that, upon first view, looked absolutely horrible. On a second look, it was just bad. Uh, Reading up on it, I see that this was supposed to be a heel turn, and I don't know about that. But this guy is just 21 years old, he was on Tough Enough in 2015, and he could hold a lot of potential if he doesn't screw himself or get completely screwed by the writers. And uh, let's see, Drew McIntyre gives a promo that he delivers well, but he doesn't say anything of significance. Um, He does manage to get most of the crowd on their feet, but once he leaves the ring, I'm sure they all wondered why they were standing. Uh, He can definitely make people believe in what he's saying. I just hope they give him something worthwhile to say. He doesn't just recite a script. He speaks from the heart. Anywho, he'll be facing off with Bobby Roode at TakeOver Brooklyn. Uh, That's happening August 19th, so we're only three painful weeks of lackluster buildup away from that conclusion. Uh, Closing out the night is a matchup between Hideo Itami and Cassius Ono. The friends-turned-foes go at it for a while, then Itami unleashes on Ono. I guess it's supposed to be a heel turn, but since there wasn't much of a character developed to begin with, it's hard to say. Uh, Finally, the show has been promoting a new tag team called the Street Profits, that's P-R-O-F-I-T-S, as in money. It's doing so in Snapchat-style videos, and it's an absolutely brilliant opportunity to use social media to build these guys up before they ever even appear on TV. Unfortunately, though, the account does not actually exist on Snapchat. NXT doesn't even exist on Snapchat. So it's a fabulous idea executed terribly. Surprise, surprise. This episode in particular of NXT makes me wonder what the WWE as a whole intends to do with the face-heel dynamic and if it's completely out the window. If this show is a glimpse into the company's future, it's very hazy. Uh, I don't think old school fans will appreciate the future direction or lack thereof. <laughs>